You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hey everyone, Matt from Occupier here. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of the Fully Occupied Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on your favorite listening platform or just shoot us a note at marketing at occupier.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on future guests, topics you'd like to hear about, ask us any questions you have, or just say hi. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fully Occupied Show. We've got distinguished guests here today, and just uh, to kick it off, wanted to make a quick announcement. Um, Occupier successfully raised our Series A financing, which is uh, incredible. It's going to allow us to improve the product, grow the team, and just keep on the mission uh, of allowing companies to take control of the real estate. We're super pumped, uh, and couldn't have done that without uh, Liz and Michelle here, both from Stage Two and from Omer's Ventures. Uh, the Fully Occupied Show is entering into its fourth season, and we're going to kick it off with a conversation with Liz and Michelle about venture investing in the prop tech space and, and what they think uh, is exciting about Occupier. So without further ado, I'm going to kick it over to Michelle Kellerin from Omer's Ventures for a quick intro. Michelle. Thanks, Matt. Uh, so my name is Michelle. I'm a principal at Omer's Ventures. Uh, we are a multi-stage, uh, multi-sector fund based out of Toronto, the Bay Area, and London. We typically do series A and B. I lead our prop tech investing for the fund, which is residential, commercial, and construction. Uh, We're really excited uh, to partner with Occupier. We uh, met them around the time of their seed investment and have been staying close. Personally, I've been at the fund for six years. I started out my career in the Toronto office and then moved out to the Bay Area to help launch our office here uh, three years ago. And you are a, uh, a veteran uh, guest on the Fully Occupied show. I think it was last season we had a we had a conversation about the future of the tenant rep broker and how technology might uh, be uh, disrupting that space or innovating in that space. And here we are. So welcome back. Thank you. Liz, kick it over to you. Well, first off, I didn't know that I was on with someone already like famous and introduced to the show. Um, so good to know. So my name's Liz. Uh, I'm with Stage 2 Capital and uh, I'll give you like a quick background on me. So I kind of split my time, my experience between the operating side and the investing side. Early in my career, um, I got to lead a number of go-to-market functions for NetSuite and kind of did a large public company run and then transitioned into venture back in 2016. And uh, I got to know Matt and Andrew first when they were at BTS and I was at OpenView Venture Partners and it really like followed their careers and, you know, was very excited when they went out on their own. And we can certainly talk more about that. But when I joined Stage 2 Capital, they were one of the first teams that I really reconnected with and Stage 2 invests generally seed to A range in all B2B businesses and definitely have some expertise in deep vertical plays. And this is certainly one that we are very excited to partner with. But stage two as a whole really focuses on go-to-market experience. And I can't think of a better team to do that with given uh, the sales backgrounds and expertise around the table. Awesome. Flattered. Thank you. I I think we could kind of kick it off like if you rewind the clock back uh, Liz, your time working with us at BTS, probably yeah. maybe your first introduction into like the prop tech space. Michelle, I know you've been digging around in this space for years now and, you know, we've known each other for almost two years. Um, 
I guess like what, what got you guys the most excited about Occupier, not necessarily when we already got deep into the diligence process, but when you first started looking into it and we're like, okay, these guys are onto something, kind of maybe talk about what piqued your interest. Yeah, I'm happy to start and then Michelle jump in. Um, so like, I, I mean, I already shared, I was lucky enough to meet you guys quite a few years ago now. I was like thinking back, I think it was 2016, 2017. Um, and at the time, you're right, it was my like first introduction into the prop tech space. But for me, what got me excited about Occupier is really starting with the people. And I think I got to know you guys well and was really excited to see what you were doing. When we reconnected over the summer, um, I, I think the big thing in my mind was what is the idea that got you both so excited to take the plunge into founding a company, right? And that to me was like really like where it started. Um, understanding like the progress you guys had made and the unbelievable community you are building uh, really layered in. And, you know, honestly, there's just so much happening in the commercial real estate world. Um, and we I'm sure we'll dig more into some of like the macro trends. But for me, I think it comes back to the people and the market um, and this opportunity that you guys have in front of you. Uh, so I'll pause there. For me, we're very thesis driven in our investing. So across PropTech, we look at specific areas in a sector and go really deep and look at building a thesis and then looking to invest. And one of those areas was commercial leasing. One of the challenges we saw in this space was the data was so siloed and very opaque. So we found that like fascinating and saw a huge opportunity for technology, which kind of drove to our relationship and how we got to know each other. And one of the unique things about Occupier was your go-to-market and focusing on the tenant. I think we looked a lot at the space and how the different players interact. And we thought that that was a very unique um, way of meeting the needs of customers in that space. And then there was also real estate was changing. So when we think about commercial, what is happening with the office? Are people going back? And this was a very topical. And our view is that the office is changing. It's going to be more dynamic and flexible which means you're not going to have one HQ, but you're going to have many smaller ones and the terms in your lease really matter. So when we saw this changing dynamic in the office space, a lot of opaque data in the leasing, we were really excited about the opportunity and thinking bigger, it's not just office. So what we was exciting about Occupier is their focus on retail, on healthcare clinics, on industrial and warehouses. Like it's just a huge opportunity. Everyone has leases and things are changing when we think about space. So that was kind of our original thesis that we had built. And um, we was really excited to build the relationship with you and your team and talk about all the leasing tech previously, because that was an area uh, I'm passionate about. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like you're totally right on that. Like one of the things I noticed in our diligence was really like, as we talked to customers, understanding like the proliferation of leases as people moved away from the one headquarters. And then to your point of like the diversity of the customer base, you know, I got a lot of questions internally asking about how to think about what's happening with offices and exactly what you brought up. Like it isn't just offices, like we're talking about retail and hospitality and restaurants and then offices and the mix of those things really like creates a very compelling market to go after and just shows how much opportunity there is to actually enable these tenants to make better decisions and more proactively manage their space. Yeah, for sure. I think what you said, Michelle, about the focusing on the tenant, that was like our thesis, right? Like we worked at VTS for so long, just 
operationalizing all of that data and making workflow for the landlord. And that was the, like the light bulb moment, which was like, whoa, like we've almost captured every major landlord in North America using this software and their brokers. That's got to happen on the tenant side because and we didn't know a pandemic was going to hit at that point. But like it still seemed like it's crazy that it's, it's still such a disparate, you know, opaque world of data and, and not even to mention just like the workflow aspect of it with all the stakeholders. And, you know, I think hopefully it resonated in our, our go to market for our fundraise of, of the confluence of events with this pandemic and how that effect of more offices and retailers having to think more critically about their real estate information collided with this lease accounting change, which was like, okay, like if there was ever a time to build this solution, it's, it's now. I'm glad you saw that, which is super important for us. I think like, I don't know, maybe for the average listener, they're not, they've never participated in a venture uh, fundraising process, either from the, the, the founder side or the investor side, like talk a little bit about kind of how you go through your process a little bit and what were maybe some of the things that like surprise you about our company or our market or something. Cause I, I would imagine with every company that you evaluate, there's a lot of unknowns and the whole purpose of the diligence process is to really go deep and figure it out. Like what are some of the things that kind of jumped off the page for you guys? You want to kick us off, Rochelle? Sure. So one of the things we like to do in diligence is talk to customers and also potential customers, just to see uh, what people's interests are, what they do day to day, what software are they using already? Is this really something that is a huge value to their job? And when it came to talking to the real estate teams of the tenants, what was really surprising is there wasn't a widespread adopted technology platform that they were already using, which is a huge opportunity. We saw sales teams have Salesforce, finance teams have NetSuite, and we're really excited that now the real estate teams have Occupier. So that was a huge, I think, indicator when we were doing our diligence of what an opportunity this is. Yeah, and I'll build on that. I'm actually just going to first share it. Um, when I was at NetSuite, so back in 2008 or nine, we had to move offices and you know we were growing pretty quickly. We moved and like upgraded our floor plate, I think three times in five years. And each time we were signing like a seven to 10 year lease. So just, you know, play out how fast we were growing compared to projections. And it was really interesting because back then I remember we were dealing with our broker. We were trying to figure out where we were moving to. And I was literally being handed like hard files. And then we ultimately signed a lease or we wanted to get a copy of our lease. I had to call like headquarters and someone had to scan it to me. Like there wasn't already a digital file. And I think probably the most shocking thing to me as we went through diligence was realizing like, we haven't come that far from that. <laughs> and like, there is still just so many manual processes. And, you know, obviously in talking to some of your customers and some of the market calls we did, you know, there are amazing real estate teams who are like trying to push this forward and are creating um, solutions on the fly. And, you know, that might be as simple as storing things in a Google Drive or a Dropbox, but then that's rife with its own complexities. And when people turn over or you accidentally give permission or edit rights or share something or move something, um, just a lot of opportunity for missed deadlines or, you know, missed clauses and leases. And I think the second piece of that for me, while it seems intuitive, um, is the actual cost associated with that. And I think one of the things I consistently heard in having these calls was, you know, if you miss a deadline to, you know, notify someone that you're not renewing your lease and you're stuck for another six months, like there is a meaningful cost to the business. Um, 
And I, I think it was a little bit shocking to me, like, why hasn't this been solved already? Which I think comes back to probably Matt, like the founding of the company and kind of how you guys looked at it too. But I would call those couple things out. And I think, you know, if I zoom out and answer your question more broadly about just how we think about it as investors, you know, there's a lot of work we're doing um, on diligence, both quantitative and looking at the numbers of the business and understanding the financials and, you know, what it would be like to work with you as a team. And then more qualitatively, doing a lot of market work and customer calls. And it's like the culmination, the combination of all those things that allow us to make a decision. And obviously each of us prioritize um, different things and are looking for different things in a business. But obviously, you know, everybody around the table kind of collectively got extremely excited about the opportunity with Occupier. Yeah, I think the, if we could kind of double click on the aspect of team, because we all had the benefit of knowing each other to some degree prior to now being in business together, I think only probably helps the conversation because you've already got a level of comfort with with somebody and, you know, just generally understanding their path to success and how it would be to work with them. But like when you guys, I imagine you have a bunch of boxes to check when you're looking at certain investments, whether you're even going to enter into evaluating it. If we kind of look at that team box, like how, how do you guys define like your ideal team or like what qualities are you looking for in, in a, a founding team or an early team at like a seed stage startup? Yeah, so I guess maybe first I'll say, I, I think one of the things that you mentioned about us already knowing each other and making it easier or having a long time to get to know someone I think it's a very similar to recruiting. Like we can show our best selves to each other for a few months and try to make a decision, but you haven't gone through anything together. We haven't had to make decisions. We haven't had to work together day in, day out. It's really hard to get to know somebody in just those few interactions. So time itself, I think really helps. And then as I'm evaluating and thinking about it, like there's a couple of things that stand out to me. I think first, um, there's this really fine balance between like, confidence and ego. And I want to work with people who are like visionary and persuasive and can think they can go capture the market and are really excited about what they're building, but also are like really focused on learning and getting better and are coachable and are constantly looking for ways to better themselves and their team. And I call it out because I think it's a really fine line and a hard one to assess. Um, but those are definitely some of the qualities I look for in founders. And I know Michelle, maybe let you pile on that. We can certainly talk more about the rest of the team too. Yeah, I totally agree with Liz around taking time to build relationships. It is very challenging to do it in a, in a couple weeks uh, diligence time span. So it helps a lot because part of like one of the biggest decisions and criteria is team, especially like the earlier stage companies. Some of the things that really stood out here that we've, we've mentioned a few already was one is you two are already company builders from your time, like VTS is highly regarded commercial real estate startup. Uh, you were there from the very early days. So you also have that experience company building, which is really unique. And I think really shows in your culture, uh, which really stood out to us. Uh, understanding the commercial real estate market, I think it's also a very unique space. So both of your like strong experience there really shows because you really understand the customer and what, and what you're building, like your product was one of the things that really stood out of like, wow, this is actually solving the problem. And holistically, like you're thinking of all the stakeholders. So I think your experience really made the product stand out. And then for us, we are really looking at a team that we can partner with where we have an aligned division. And we, we thought that you both uh, and your team had this like big vision that we also believed about the real estate space. 
that we were excited to partner with because it's a, it's a long journey and you want to make sure that you're partnering with a team where you're really aligned on the impact you're going to make. Yeah. And then as I extend to like the broader team, um, the next thing I'll call out is I really look for founders ability to recruit and build like an awesome team. And like, are you hiring a players? Are you attracting them to you in these early stages where it's much harder to do that? Right. It's way easier to recruit great talent as you like get the proof points from investors and more customers and more revenue in the early days. It's tricky. Like you need to sell people yeah. on joining this vision. Um, and I mean, I'll, I'll call out specifically, I think Lauren was just like an unbelievable um, person to get in the mix and hearing her story of kind of sitting on the other side of the table as a prospect and ultimately deciding to join you guys and being really critical and thinking about how you bring additional industry acumen and supplement and complement the experience that you guys bring to the table from the market with the like financial and accounting side was super compelling to me. Um, you were really thoughtful about how you were building out the team. And then separately, I think hiring just great people. And I saw that consistently in everybody that I talked to. Yeah, for sure. Shout out Lauren Covell, VP of finance here at Occupier. Yeah, she, quick, a quick story for, for the listeners. Uh, she was a decision maker on a deal before we embarked into the accounting space. She didn't buy Occupier because we didn't have any accounting functionality. Fast forward a year, now she's working for us and helping us build the accounting functionality. So I think like that, the way we think is like, okay, where are the holes in our expertise? There's smarter people out there that can help us do this. Like, let's go find them. And yeah, Liz, to your point, the hardest part is convincing somebody to leave their career to come work at a seed stage company that doesn't have, that hasn't attained those kind of proof points yet. But I'd also just like to point out that like we try as hard as we can to like build a diverse team, right? So you guys are joining us, our, our board of directors and any observers, uh, Andrew and I are going to be the only non female board members at the company. So we're actually super excited about, you know, having the opportunity to build a more diverse culture here at Occupier. And I think the yeah. fact that like at the board level, like all the way down, we can, we can now kind of track towards that. I was gonna say, that's a pretty exciting thing, right? When we started talking to you guys to realize that, you know, your existing board, I mean, Courtney from Elate, um, having a team that had prioritized diversity from day one, it is a really hard thing to build into your culture at the Series C. And so seeing you guys actually think about that and be really thoughtful in how you construct your team, um, really critical and really excited to be a part of that. Let's uh, maybe transition into like, okay, all, all the high fives are done. The money's in the bank. Like the excitement of, of closing a funding round is over. Now it's time to get to work. Like, where do you guys dig in with your portfolio companies? And I know that you each have different approaches towards your fund and how uh, the people that you have on your team, what expertise they bring to the table. I think this is one of the hardest things for a founding team to evaluate when you're going out fundraising especially if you're gonna to talk to dozens and, or if not hundreds of firms, like how are these specific people and firms built to like help us get to where we need to go? And how do you actually like make a decision? Um, for us, the decision was really clear. Like we, we got along with you guys pretty much off the bat, but how do you guys then kind of put like the horsepower into practice for the, for the portfolio companies? Yeah, do you wanna kick off? Sure, uh, so for Omer's Ventures, we plan to do one to two prop tech investments a year. And our strategy is to really focus and spend a lot of time with the companies we do invest in, which includes boards and just a lot of regular touch points and really bringing almost like our full team to the investment as much as we can. 
So that can be, for example, we have our talent director, our growth director, uh, and our communications director that can work with our portfolio, but also just, it's kind of like living and breathing it with you. So as we think of what can we do about hiring or sales, like if you're reaching, finding customers, things like that. So I think it's, for us, it's meeting the company at the stage you're at and what, what you need. Um, and that changes throughout. So earlier stage, I would say it is a lot more hiring, although hiring is actually now at every stage for sure, a topic uh, at the board level. But um, I think it just depends as you grow. I am a CPA CA as well. I forgot to mention that. So (laughs) the least, I don't know if there's, uh, I'd love to lean in a little bit more on on that aspect too. We'll refer you over to Lauren for those conversations. (laughs) Perfect. And I was going to say, that makes me really excited to have owners around the table because I think you guys bring like the industry experience and focus that is really exciting for us to partner with as well. Um, Stage two, I think slightly different, Ben, we uh, really focus on go-to-market. And so our whole model is that our investors and our operators within the team are working really closely with the company. And we can talk about like exactly how, but I think almost more importantly, we're bringing together uh, a group of LPs. So our investors are now almost 300 CROs, CMOs, heads of sales operations, just, just like amazingly talented and experienced group of people that we've assembled with the idea that they can be potential advisors and board members and share feedback um, on growth strategies with the company. And so, you know, that group, I think, is like the first thing that we want to activate and think about how we can really like get them or their collective mind share working and thinking about Occupier. Um, And then as far as like where we really dig in, uh, we have a framework that we really lean on called the science of scaling that anybody can check out if they want to look at it. But it really encompasses like two key things. And it's first letting us start with the leading indicators and defining what should we be looking at in the early days of a business to indicate like what is going to make a customer and then the company as a whole healthy. So the first one is really the leading indicators of retention. And if you think about the average um, SaaS business, they're generally selling like annual contracts and you're waiting a long time to figure out like, is that customer gonna renew? And so what we're trying to figure out are what are the things we can look at early in a customer's life cycle, whether that's like the success of the onboarding, the engagement of the users, um, different like product signals that allow us to know that they're like heavily adopting the product and that it's becoming a critical part of their workflow. And then we're looking at that on a cohort basis so we can see how customers are performing over time and try to predict retention. And then the second piece of that is more on like the financial side and what are the leading indicators of unit economics. And that really allows us to um, work with you guys to figure out when should we be hiring and scaling up? When should we be hitting the pause button? Um, How do we make sure that we're building a really healthy and efficient business and not just like pouring bodies onto a company to hope that it scales. And so I think um, what we're trying to do here is really bring a thoughtful eye and some of the patterns of recognition that we've learned throughout our careers to help the company, in this case, Occupier, bridge from product market fit to true go-to-market fit and ultimately scale. Yeah, and I can't say enough how excited we are to work with both of you guys on all these initiatives. I mean, even prior to closing, you guys are throwing candidates our way, ideas, just keep them flowing because I think that's the reason why we're in this together, which is super exciting. Thanks for your time, guys. This has been an awesome conversation. Is there anything else you wanted to add or questions or anything that like you want our listeners to know that either I can answer? 
No big questions here. I mean, I think, you know, you're hearing the mutual excitement on the phone. I think we've got uh, a lot of building to do, but it sounds like you guys are building this really strong community around us as well. And we are excited to, to dig in and see where we can go. Very excited cool. for the next steps. All right, guys. Well, we're super excited. Uh, thanks for jumping on the journey with us. Uh, how, how can our listeners find you if, if they were interested? I'll say squarely LinkedIn. Uh, and I am always happy to reply. And I got my email on there too. It's Liz at stage two.capital. Um, but LinkedIn's probably the easiest way. Uh, me too. LinkedIn is the best. 